For thousands of years, traveling is something that has filled the souls of those wanting to see more than just what is in their backyard. In this day and age, travel has become much more accessible than any other time in history. Within 24 hours, you can be thousands of kilometers away from your hometown, visiting a brand new country, meeting brand new people, and experiencing brand new cultures. Welcome to the Dream Tripping Podcast, the show that takes you on a journey of adventure and discovery through the world's most incredible destinations on a budget. I'm Houston Bodenhammer, your host. I'm a fellow traveler, and I'm excited to bring you travel and sailing-inspired stories and insights from some of the most fascinating people and places on this big blue planet. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or curious explorer, this podcast is for you. So pack your bags and get ready for some adventure, one dream trip at a time. This episode is especially exciting because it's the first of many episodes that aim to inspire you to take that leap into the unknown and see what really is out there. Since this is the first episode, I should tell you a little bit about myself and the podcast. I'm 24 years old and I'm living in Melbourne, Australia with my girlfriend. For the past two years, I've been living aboard a 30-foot sailboat named Chloe in Townsville, which is about 1,400 kilometers north of us. However, like all good things, that chapter is coming to an end, and right now we're in Melbourne hunting for a van to do some land-based exploring. This is until we find ourselves in a better situation to purchase another sailboat that is a bit more ocean-capable so we can have more long-term ocean exploration. Now this is just a snippet of what I've been up to because back in 2017, I'd spent roughly two years on and off backpacking both around Europe and Southeast Asia. Before I get into that too deeply, let me explain what to expect from the Dream Tripping Podcast. I don't want this podcast to be like the typical cookie cutter travel content that's seen everywhere. I want to strip back travel to the bare bones reality of what it's actually like to be out there with the world rather than I guess out there against it, which seems to be the kind of mindset a lot of people have before they go away. I'm going to do this by telling some stories about my time overseas and being completely truthful with it, letting you guys know my triumphs when stuff went really well, but also letting you know all my misfortunes when things didn't go quite as well. I'd like the undertone for the Dream Tripping podcast to be that of the fortunate misfortunes of travel. So that's exactly where I'm going to start. Back in July of 2017, I was a wide-eyed and bushy-tailed 18-year-old who was dead set on traveling and seeing more of the world. I went in without too much of a plan, but what I had was around $5,000, an English working visa, and not a single clue what my plan was going to be when I arrived in London. I want to also give some context on 2017 Houston. I wasn't very confident and I was very timid about talking to new people. This is evident because it took almost the whole 20 hour flight before I made any kind of conversation with the dude sitting next to me on the plane. Although quickly, we began talking about my travel ambitions and within 10 minutes, both he and the guy sitting behind us had offered me a job working in London. Full disclosure, I took neither one of those jobs, but the fact that it was really that easy to get work filled me with some confidence in my ability to handle it out there by myself. I got off the plane and I boarded the tube, taking the line I was only half certain would be the correct one. Luckily enough for me, I ran into another solo traveller and we ran the London train gauntlet together. New sounds, new places, new adventures. I couldn't have been more excited. Something that I did basically the entire time I was abroad, which kind of makes no sense now, was that I never got a SIM card from any of the countries I was in. Now I couldn't tell you why I made this decision, but at the time, it made a lot of sense. 
However, it did mean I had a hard time using things like Google Maps because of my lack of connectivity. So the walk from the station to the hostel, which should have been only 10 minutes or so, turned into an hour-long odyssey of basically walking in giant circles until I managed to bump into the hostel. YHA was a good introduction to hostel life, albeit not the most accurate representation of the majority of hostels, or at least the ones I frequented. It was large and modern, with newly renovated rooms that were pretty spacious, considering I was sharing it with about seven other people. Despite me having no problems with the hostel, my wallet decided after two nights there that it was time to go somewhere more suitable to the budget of someone who had vastly underprepared for such a trip. I managed to find a small, quaint little hostel a fair bit further away from the bustle of the busiest London streets. This one was much cheaper, and I really did enjoy being a bit further away from the go-go-go attitude of the city. Although, I enjoyed a little bit less the fact that there were 12 of us staying in a single room. A room, mind you, that was a little bit smaller than the ones offered by YHA. Regardless, I was just happy to be there. One of my favourite things about this hostel though, was the little kitchen we had access to. It was a great way to save money by cooking cheap, homemade meals on the stovetop. On one of my first grocery trips, my jobless ass was looking intently at any and all help wanted signs on any of the passing shop fronts. This is where I found my first job abroad. At the front of the store was a man trying to sell me paintball equipment and passes. Although I had zero interest and money to be able to participate, I was very interested in if they had availabilities in doing the same job he was doing. After getting in contact with his boss, I had secured my place in not only the employment realm, but also in the accommodation. The job came with a room at a share house that the employees were living at. It seems win after win after win. That is, until I started my initial trek to my new home. With my backpack proudly sitting on my shoulders and an air of confidence of being able to find employment with such ease, I boarded the bus ready to meet my new housemates. Although, around 40 minutes into what should have been a 15 minute bus ride, that confidence was replaced with a stomach full of butterflies that told me I was going somewhere, but it wasn't where I was meant to go. I really wish this was the point in the story where the narrator would say, now this is the big mistake the hero would make. Unfortunately, that mistake would come later. Being my embarrassed, nervous self, I rode the bus to its conclusion, which stopped in Dover, around 122 kilometers in the wrong direction. With the day getting late and my embarrassment rising, I mustered the courage to call my boss and I told him of the mischief I'd got myself into. Now I was lucky that he was so chill, but he laughed and told me to get the first bus back tomorrow. So as fate would have it, I was now staring off the white cliffs of Dover, daydreaming of the European adventures that could be had across the pond. Finding a hostel was easy enough in Dover, since there was only one in town and it really wasn't that big. I remember vividly a sign on the front that had been tattered with age, boasting that the Beatles had once had a beer there. Between that yellowed sign and the scaffolding that wrapped around the front of the castle inn, I knew this was going to be a good place to stay. The owner was nice and offered me the night at the hostel for free. Granted, I cleaned the bar after last rounds. And come morning, it was time for me to board the first bus back to London. Now I realise this podcast is meant to be somewhat informative, and I'm meant to have some kind of an air of knowledge about travelling. But I want to emphasise that we cannot have experience and knowledge without first making mistakes. In this case, my mistake was pivotal to my trip and really to my life as a whole. I indeed did board the first bus, but it absolutely was not the first bus to London. Instead, I watched in horror as the bus didn't pull into any main roads, but instead pulled into the ferry terminal, bound for France. 
Again, bewildered and embarrassed, I got my passport stamped and boarded the behemoth that would give me passage to the next chapter of my initial dream tripping adventure. It became very apparent to me that within two weeks, the series of blunders I had made was webbing itself into quite the conversation piece, and to my surprise, people wanted to hear my story. After landing at the terminal in Calais, I had decided that I didn't want the new experiences and adventures to stop. I wanted to keep going forward and keep seeing where luck would take me. I called my boss, who was surprisingly not very pleased with me, and I set off to Paris. Little did I know at the time, but this decision was by far the best decision I could have made all trip, because it would lead me to meeting such amazing people, making unforgettable memories, and starting down the path of instinctual adventure. Arriving in at the Gare du Nord in Paris was a whole new beast for someone as novice to travelling as I was. I gave myself very little warm-up time, and found myself in what I thought to be at the time, the deep end. Little do I know of the challenges that I would be facing in the future. Not having any access to the internet or Google Maps, I wasn't able to book a hostel or even locate one on the maps. I was a little lost on how I was going to be able to find a hostel in a place this big and this loud. Again though, my luck showed its face when I saw a small group of travellers sporting their big backpacks and I followed. Walking for the better part of an hour, we finally made it to the hostel. Also, by we, I mean they found the hostel and I found it about 50 metres behind their little posse. These guys would later become some of the best mates I'd made abroad and really owe most of my first trip to them and their support. I think this is a good segue to answering one of the most common questions I get asked about solo traveling. Don't you get lonely? The short answer to this is an overwhelmingly no, but the long answer is a little more tricky. Do I get lonely sometimes? Yes, absolutely. There are times where I was hitchhiking from the Netherlands to Italy that I was very lonely sleeping in derelict parts of small towns, camping behind busy highways. It was all very exciting, but sometimes it was, yes, lonely. But when I was living the hostel life, going from place to place and often bar to bar, I really found myself without the company of either other solo travellers or welcomed graciously into a group of already travel-hardened friends. Fast forward a couple of months and I found myself in Italy. Extremely low on money, but still thriving on the constant new adventures and thrill of stepping into new and sometimes scary situations. At this point in my trip, I had sold some of my stuff and I had just enough money to fly back to Australia in the coming weeks. This though, was all I had the money for. After stumbling my way through Florence and staying with a very hospitable friend in Padua, I was now seeing what the wonders Pisa had for me. This is where I met the second most influential travel duo of the trip. These two Americans had enough money to be living a pretty bougie lifestyle abroad, but instead they opted to sleep on the streets and live as cheaply as possible. These two brothers couldn't have stumbled into my life at a better time, because until now, this option seemed like a last ditch move that I was probably going to have to make. Instead, these two showed me that it is another way to see and explore the world. After meeting, we caught a train to the beach a couple hours away from Pisa, and it was by far one of the least touristic beaches I've ever been to. We managed to hitchhike from the station, through town, and then to the beach, and this beach was going to be our home for the next week. We played guitar, went swimming, read books, and explored the coastline, and the best part is, it cost us absolutely nothing. In my opinion, these kind of experiences are worth their weight in gold. There is something about the simple beauty of just being out there, living simply, and not worrying about normal day-to-day -day stresses. 
This idea is something that would grow in my mind for the years to come and shape the way that I live and the way I see the world now. I feel that living more simply and consciously helps us to build more grounded and fuller relationships with the people around you and also makes you appreciate the things you have and the things you need versus the things you think you need and the things others tell you you need. I want to cover this topic on living more simply and fully in another episode because this is a subject I'm really passionate about and I think it deserves more than a few minutes. These are just a few of the fortunate misfortunes of my first trip. I glazed over huge chunks of the trip but rest assured they will come to light in future episodes. As you now know, I made very stupid mistakes while I was abroad, but like I mentioned, these led me down a path I otherwise wouldn't have found and I'm endlessly grateful for that. And just like that, we've come to the end of the first dream tripping episode. I aim to be putting one out every week. The next episode I want to talk about the cheapest mode of transport I took that took me all around Europe. So cheap in fact, it was free. You guessed it. Next week we'll be talking about the ups and downs of hitchhiking. If you have a story you want to share, or if you'd like to share it yourself on the show, email me at thedreamtrippingpodcast at gmail.com and we can make some magic. Be sure to rate the show and abuse the subscribe button. You don't want to miss out on anything. Remember that life is too short to be waiting around for something you want to do. Start ticking off the bucket list today.